Hello everyone, my name's George and I'm just one slice of the creative team behind the new acapella Edinburgh Fringe Show 1001 Open Mic Nights. I'm the director and the producer of the show. I love acapella and what I lack in talent, I make up for in enthusiasm. Hi, I'm Charlie, I'm co-music director and I'll be lending my PR and marketing skills to the show. Hi, I'm Rob and I'm the other co-music director of 1001 Open Mic Nights and acapella fan extraordinaire, known from such occasions as that one time I watched all three Pitch Perfect movies back to back alone in my room. Welcome to episode 6. This week we're joined by yet another guest, Imogen Broughton. Imogen is a good friend from our time at Leeds and a current member of the 1001 Open Mic Nights cast. Today we'll be discussing her ACA journey so far and the bits about running a fringe show that you don't get to see as an audience member. Hope you're hungry for more cheese. Hello! Welcome back again. We're we're happy to have you here for yet another episode. I'm I'm honestly shocked that we're still doing this. The way you said that made it sound like you were dreading it. Yet another episode. Oh, just (laughs) they keep asking me back. George keeps saying embarrassing things, and I have to just keep cutting her out of the mix. Like you know, (laughs) by the end of this, we're gonna have a massive one by one, week by week. Yeah, we're just we're just gonna start doing rotation and get new people in. Um, because we'll be we'll be old and irrelevant by the time. We get to the end of it, but that's fine. But speaking of new people, oh, we've got a guest. Hello. Yay. <laughs> Ooh, Hi, guys. It's, it's Imogen. <laughs> Hello. Thank you very much for having me. Well, thank you for thank you for giving up some time of your week to come and sit with us on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> You've made such a humble sacrifice. <laughs> it's a hard grateful. one. It really is. It oh, really is. I'm thrilled to be here. Joining you, my Acker friends. <laughs> Bless Yay. Yeah. How, as, as George asked, I interrupted her, how has your week been, Imogen? Uh, I've actually had a really good week this week. I tell you for Ooh. why. Um, I, I guess like, work's just gone really well this week, so that's obviously lifted my spirits. And nice. Christmas is around the corner now. And um, started the advent calendar. It's the countdown. It's all feeling a little bit jolly. So I've got pep in my step. I've got to ask, what brand, if it is branded, Advent Calendar do you have? I've got um, a Lindor one. Very fancy. (gasps) Okay, good. That is groovy (laughs) as hell and I love it. Do you know, there was a moment I thought, what if she doesn't say a chocolate? You know, because if people do like fragrance ones and beauty product ones now. I'd say cheese i think i'd put i think i'd put imogen down for a cheese one if you were gonna have a rogue one i'd say cheese the if, thing about the cheese yeah. advent calendar is like does it stay in the fridge where I do think, i store that i think it does but then that's a big commitment isn't it 25 days mm. of keeping that big old thing in the fridge i mean my the fridge, fridge is busy at christmas <laughs> imogen if you did have a cheese advent calendar what would you want to be the 24th christmas eve oh what oh, great do you know what no baked camembert. Yeah, you can't bake no. a camembert I mean, in it. Oh you my would, god! No, but you would have you'd have an advent calendar, and it would be one of those really fancy ones. You pay like two hundred pounds for it, and number twenty four would be like a mini oven, and you'd have like a mini round <laughs> oh, of camembert. And on, the tiny fondue set. Yeah, <laughs> and on I think, but also controversial, controversial question and or topic, advent calendars that have twenty five de- days instead of twenty four, because I've had it That's before. Not where no. then you open the big one on Christmas morning. And I feel like a baked camembert would be a very Christmas morning door. No. Treat. 
Rob, if you can't have a baked Canva in the morning and it doesn't and have to be in the deal morning. Deal with the richness to then have Christmas dinner. Later. <laughs> I think yeah, I think you're setting yourself up for failure there. I feel like yeah, the guys, you need to <laughs> you know, mini oven idea. It's like a bite of camembert. It's like this big. Oh, it's really right. not. Okay, it's like cute. a it's like a two pence size camembert. I'm no. not talking about like a, a whole a whole round. You see, well, in my dream advent calendar, the the big twenty four camembert is a full size camembert. Okay. Please. <laughs> okay, sorry, apologies. I should have. But known. yes, you could. But twenty a Christmas Eve dinner, I feel like, would be a nice camembert. Yes. Not a Christmas morning breakfast. Christmas George, morning breakfast is chocolate. What? George, didn't you live with a girl who would have a camembert after a night out? Yeah, I did. Because <laughs> that's the energy that I'm trying to take into 2021. Yeah, no, I think, I think, I think you just energy. need to make these decisions and stick to them and like really go for it. Yeah. But <laughs> dialing back, if Rob, I'm going to I'm gonna assign everyone an advent calendar now because if Rob was a weird oh. advent calendar, he'd be a lush one. I don't know if a lush advent calendar exists, but if it I'm did... I'm sure it does. I think Rob would have it. And I think Charlie... Charlie would be a knitting advent calendar where you get like a new pattern every day and it's like a new exciting thing to do. Do you know what would be really fun? What? To knit a square a day to then add them all up at the end. Yeah. Then you have a little Christmas blanket. Oh, Happy that's day. Really I mean, it would be a small blanket, maybe for my knee, but it would be blanket. nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a knee George, cozy. I think yours, George would be um, little mini, like, Bon Maman jams. That's what I <gasps> yes. think. Yes. Oh, Tiny yes. jams every morning. Oh, my God. And each one, and, and they come in a little pot with, like, a mini beret on the top of it as well. Oh, to make it extra fun. Oh, my goodness. This is amazing. Okay. We need to go to Advent Calendar that business. sounds fantastic. I think this can is a I, smart business I, idea. I, I would yeah. also just like to point out the fact that I, I would like to clear this up with listeners. We're not normally this obsessed with cheese, but this is now the second week in a row where within the first 10 minutes of conversation, we've spoken <laughs> extensively about different types of cheese. I didn't even realise. And I think it's so, three. Uh, you know, this podcast is it's threefold now. It's Vanessa Hudgens' bad Christmas movie <laughs> fan podcast, cheese connoisseur podcast and then third and obviously third in terms of importance is is acapella and, and 1001 open mic nights uh, yeah, so like whatever. i hope you've enjoyed also, this rebranding i think we're gonna, have, we're gonna have to make a habit of mentioning cheese every time because we can't assume that every single like you as a listener we can't assume that you've listened to all of our different episodes no. so i think we've got to pack everything now mm. it's the, the pressure is on we have to pack yeah. everything that we've already spoken cheese about every week cheese vanessa every hudgens week. every week yeah, we'll vanessa hudgens eating fondue yeah. <laughs> So your segment should be best cheese of the week. Best cheese. Can you imagine if someone came on and said Lee? Mm. Oh no. no! Immediately, I'd be like, uh, "Okay, uh, as the host in the Zoom room, I am officially kicking you out." I'd, I'd, give them, I'd put them into a breakout room to give them like five minutes to think about what they just said. Think about what you by themselves. Yeah. So long as it is on a Darily Dunker, I can handle it. You know, as a kind of nostalgic throwback moment. But yeah. you're not you know bringing it to a cheese buffet. Nah, yeah. not about that life. No. How about even worse? Even worse. What if somebody was like, "My favorite cheese." You know what my favorite cheese is? I like to. I like to open up a lunchables. And I like to just take the cheese out and just eat the oh, cheese by no, myself. No. I can't, can't believe you've done this. <laughs> I also realised that in doing that, I meant to lean closer towards the microphone. <laughs> and I leant closer towards the webcam, <laughs> which means the effect of that, me whispering. I'm, I was going to do a little ASMR moment like this, and it's really not just going to work anymore. But yeah, there's some ASMR for you. 
You're welcome. He's really just getting the hang of this. Of the yeah, no, he'll he'll get there in the end. I think that's <laughs> what we're, going we're going through our paces. Um. Anyway, <laughs> shall we get started? Shall we get going? Cheese done. Cheese ticked. <laughs> what? How? How were George? George and Charlie? Quickly, how were both of your weeks? Oh yeah. We need to, you know, we need to. How are you, How are you, Charlie? I hear you've had quite a big week. Uh, I have had a big week. I, perhaps some may say one has said one being me. Uh, <laughs> this might actually be the biggest week of the um, of the decade. <gasps> because um, yeah, I got my dream job. Basically. <gasps> yeah. Woo! Celebration! <laughs> and your dream job wasn't doing this podcast. Goodness sake. Uh, I know, right? Um, <laughs> so it's just one down from the podcast, um, of course. Um, but I will be doing some music marketing things and I'm really excited and I will be moving, which is obviously a bit stressful but exciting. And that's um, for obviously, you know, people have different dreams and whatever, but for me, it has always been getting paid to do what I want to do full time. Um, obviously I've worked on lots of projects, hope we'll get some dollar from this, uh, eventually one day perhaps, but yeah, to be to be working full time doing something I want to do is super exciting. Mm-hmm. Yay! Yay! Congratulations! Yay, Uni was worth it, happy days. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Got there. George, how was your week? I mean, it can't compare, but the good thing that I've had is snow. I've discovered that no one else here got snow yesterday. In in terms of timeline of the podcast, this is in the past for you. But at the moment, I'm just full of joy and wonder and winteriness. And it's just, it's just beautiful. Real I mean, snow. Real it's snow. It's, it's melting as we speak. I, I took my laptop over to the window and, and held it out of an open window just to show mm. um, Robin Imogen what was going on. But can confirm there was snow. It was snow, but we went went for a walk earlier and it was slush and uh, honestly I'm quite um, uncoordinated and clumsy so it was a bit frightening but anything for snow, anything for those (laughs) Christmassy vibes. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. It's a big big day for me. This may be my my day of the decade (laughs) too. I'm I'm not sure. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) Oh dear. Good. Are you okay, Rob? Did I ask you? I don't really care. Just this is this well, is it, it has <laughs> become evident. at this point. <laughs> I, I I was sat there being like, "Is anyone to ask me how I am?" Because you know, I'll just bring down the tone again and be like, "I've had a terrible, <laughs> terrible, worst week of the decade ever." Oh, um, I think we were worried you'd start talking about lunch balls again. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> He's had his time. Yeah. <laughs> I am also kidding. I have had I've had a very a very a very fine week. It's been a it's been a productive week. I. Yeah, I, I feel like I've done done some things. I've whacked out some job applications, waiting for the emails to never arrive in my inbox saying that I didn't get the job. But but you know we're we're celebrating because at least we've had some success between the three of us. I feel like though in this day and age, it's me and Robert in the same position at the moment applying for jobs. But I feel like in general, in terms of productivity and life at the moment, it's either I am a hundred percent in on it. I send out like 20 applications or like if I'm doing something else I like do it for an hour really intensively and then I'll just have like three days of inactivity like it's it's either it's all or nothing like it's not spread out in like a logical reasonable accessible kind of way it's either 100% or 0% um 
good and bad. I mean, it's just an observation. Just a little and today's today's there. a zero percent day for, for yeah. all of us. So uh, good luck, good luck <laughs> listening to this podcast. Uh, Here we go. It could be really bad. <laughs> Um, on that note, on the note, <laughs> um, yeah, let's let's have a bit of a chat about Imogen. And I'd love everyone... to. What a good topic of conversation for today. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost like we planned it out like this. Like to begin with, Imogen, tell us and and the listeners. I was about to say viewers, but that's the wrong word. Our readers. You're meant to say listener, Rob. Oh. This is a new thing I found out as well. It's it's one person that's listening. Even if even if there's like a handful. So just you. Like, hello, listener. You you you, you hello you hello. hi hi you the listener hi. Um, Imogen's Imogen's going to tell you the story of uh, how she got into a cappella, um, and and how that's led her to where she is today with us at One Thousand One Open Mic Nights. I hope you personally, <laughs> you the one person listening to this podcast, enjoy this story. So. Imogen, go ahead. Oh, well, thank you very much. And hello, listener. <laughs> Buckle in. <laughs> so, oh, well, I think the thing to say is that it's completely George's fault that I'm doing acapella. Oft. So <laughs> George, George and I met um, in first year of uni because um, we both did the same course. We both did English Lit. Um, and then we kind of became friends in second year when we were put on a group project together and I quickly realised George is quite a good egg. I'm going to hold on to her. <laughs> so <laughs> George, George told me that she was in an acapella group. I was like, oh, I want a piece of this action. I want to get in on this. <laughs> so in third year, I auditioned. Um, and joined the Cosmopolitan. Thank goodness she was, was good. The... How awful would that have been if yeah. she was bad? <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> if I'd done a shocking audition, if I'd I can't talk to you anymore. <laughs> so, well, yeah, did I was in the Cosmos for a year, um, which was the all-female group, and then stayed on in my master's year um, to join the Songsmiths um, with all of these and lovely characters on the podcast today um so yeah we we did really well in that year we we got to the third place in the uk finals for the uh iccas um mm -hmm. and then we took our show to fringe which was amazing and like the best week ever and then uh, i received a text from george i got a text i got a text <laughs> <laughs> I was like just living my Love Island dreams. <laughs> Message. Um, and George, George was a lied to me and said, had, you know, yeah. I've been keeping a little secret from lied. you, Imogen. Ooh. You had fully lied to me because I was saying to George over the summer, like, oh, it's a shame we can't go to Edinburgh this year, but we'll go. We'll have to go next year as as like viewers, and we'll have a great time. George was like, oh yeah, <laughs> sure. Viewing, <laughs> yes. yes. Only watching, no performing in shows. Ah, oh, no. So George sent me a text and said, I've been working with Charlie and Rob on this on this project. Would you maybe like to be a part of it? Obviously, yes. Couldn't reply fast enough. And now we are here yeah. in our 1001 open mic night. I love that this started with George. George modesty helps bragging. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I do a cappella. <laughs> Well, do you know what? It's it's crazy because like, obviously a cappella has formed my uni life so much and I don't think it's a stretch to say that the job I'm in now is because I did a cappella. Yeah, it's so weird. So like, George has 
George has changed my life. <laughs> I wish I could change Jesus. my own. I'm joking. Um, no, <laughs> it's so. It's I've so... had no impact on George. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> I can I can take or leave acapella. I'm not that bothered. Um, <laughs> no, but I think like it is weird how you can pin it on one person. Well, two, I can pin it on two people. Mm. I can pin it on Rob and Charlie. Like Rob and Charlie are the only reason that I got into a group or I ever did it or I stayed in one or we're doing this now. So it's just really, it's a really weird way to either start friendships or like form friendships because you're like auditioning your friends um yeah yeah which is it's it's a strange thing anyway um luckily at the point when i auditioned i don't think we were fully fledged friends yet george we weren't we weren't acquaintances but like we had a very awkward like (laughs) encounter in our second year of uni where i think we both wanted to be friends (laughs) but we hadn't like established it yet so george and i kind of came across each other on on the road and we were both kind of like oh hi how are you we didn't know whether to stop or not and we ended up like chatting and like backing <laughs> away from each <laughs> other but like yeah hi how does everything going on yeah you know oh yeah no it's just weird <laughs> honestly that's one of my least yeah. favorite scenarios it's like bumping into somebody in the street who you are not comfortable enough to know that you need to stop especially because I'm okay with... I'm gonna have to interrupt you here that's that, not this true is an outrageous Rob. lie yeah. to anyone who's <laughs> ever walked down the street with Rob you will see about five to twenty five different people that Rob knows and he will have a conversation with every single one no word of a lie but maybe so. it's because maybe it's because you're trying to avoid awkward situations so you just you do it yeah. I think I make the awkward situations because I never say like oh hi confidently whereas Rob will like it doesn't matter how well you know him if you met him once he'd be like hello you I will stand in your path <laughs> and I won't let you leave until we've had a conversation but that is the thing it is like a defence mechanism to stop having awkward moments because it's happened so much where like I just you walk and like especially because I wear headphones so like I have headphones on and it's whether like I don't know if anybody else has this whether or not to take off the headphones like signals to the other person whether you're going to have the conversation so now I'm like I can actually use this to my advantage and if it's somebody that Mm. I don't think is going to want to stop for a conversation I don't even go to take off my headphones I leave them on and I just do the like a little wave a little hi as you're going past and then you just leave them on they're like he's on his way somewhere he's got place to be because i used to always do the thing where i'd like have a hand on one ear and i'd take one ear off so i can hear them saying hi if they do <laughs> say hi and then and then it's that awkward thing of like oh shall i take them fully off shall we actually have a bit of a chat and then it just oh this oh yeah oh, anxiety so many things there's so many things so many things to consider it's a good job we don't see people anymore because these are the things we don't have to deal with now um yeah it's actually it's some blessing i get everywhere so quickly now i don't have to stop you know (laughs) spend 20 minutes chatting to everyone (laughs) so you're okay um my next question Mm -hmm. for imogen is if so right we've we've said we've we all we fell into this didn't we like someone else either decided for us or we saw it yeah like oh that looks a bit nice not sure about it i'll give it a go guyag um and but my question for you is if acapella has become so important to you did you expect it to be as important as it is now as it is now did you foresee that kind of that it would be a big no no absolutely not (laughs) well you know the thing right i've always loved performing i'm a musical person I i describe myself to be musically inclined I love I love singing um when i first started doing acapella it was so different to what i done before I, you know, I guess you can never know how much you're really going to engage with it 
but um I loved it so much and I think it really helped the first year I did it we had such a like a solid friendship with that group of girls in that group and you know I think it was also influenced by the fact that that was probably like the best group of friends that I had made at university so like really like formed my university experience so all right I'm hanging on to this this is what I really enjoy and obviously like singing with people we as we know is like scientifically a good thing um but then it just it just escalated really as I (laughs) as I became like I was on the committee in the master's year um and obviously then like it kind of came with that more responsibility and involvement and um all the work that we did for fringe kind of that combined shared goal um and the camaraderie and just I guess how much time you spend Mm. With each other as well, because I think towards towards competition and especially fringe, we were spending days with each other <laughs> to like, get everything down. And you know that, that friendship is so solid, and we all like so clearly enjoyed what we were doing anyway. Then like, why give it up? So I'm so glad that we're like continuing it now, post graduation, and it it stayed something that we all continue to enjoy and have friendships like formed with over mm. it. So I. <laughs> it's, it's great it's so weird it's a weird one isn't it when you say acapella you always feel like you kind of have to explain yourself to someone yeah. if they don't know yeah. what it is yeah. but once you're in it like i feel like you it's just a get spiral it. I, honestly it's a spiral <laughs> yeah. you you start and you're like you know i can dedicate charlie and i both had this this thing in first year where we we joined the night a couple of hours a week we just get to do some singing it'll be fun because we're doing a group and then in first year, the committee that for the songsmiths in first year were like, we're gonna we're gonna do competition, and they were like, competition will be a bit intense. Like we will be doing more than two hours a week when we get round to like just before con- competition time. But in your head at that point, you're like, oh well, it'll be fine. It'll be like four hours a week, and then we'll just be doing like a little bit more intense rehearsal. Little did I know that we would literally have like the boot camp that they do in Pitch Perfect is like a good <laughs> representation of what the week before competition actually looks like. Because it, it by that point, everyone's completely committed to the idea of getting out on stage and delivering like what you yeah. see as like a world-class, ed- cutting-edge performance, never been done before, amazing, incredible, fantastic <laughs> show. And just, you're in this mind space where nothing else matters. And it no, sounds no. ridiculously sad if you've not done it before. But, like, ju- it becomes everything for a, for a good couple of weeks. Mm. And and then yeah. you come out the other side and there's this massive gaping hole in your life. And I think acapella then becomes a game of chasing chasing that first <laughs> high. high. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's how you but get I imagine it. it's the same with theatre. Yeah. Yeah, you know, working on a show. It, though it's, it is so true. The show you've been it's in. It's such a, 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 a synthesizer. I don't know what I mean. It's like it's it's not a a real experience. The way the way that you interact with people when you're doing a show, performing together, or like working towards something that is time sensitive, because it, you are spending an abnormal amount of time with people doing things that are. I don't know. Like it's just it it brings you together so much more because I think singing together as a as a group is like like we said like it's so it can lift you up and it's such an important thing and i i think i will do that no in whatever capacity i'll do that for the rest of my life like singing with people is such a big thing 
but also it's quite a vulnerable thing if you're someone that mm. isn't used to performing or if you're someone that like didn't didn't expect that of you or like there's there's if you're the musical person in acapella and then someone's like right okay now you need to shimmy on stage and you're like wait what i don't want to do that <laughs> and so you almost have to like make those compromises so it is that i've lost my train of thought now because you laughed at me and I got pleased with myself um <laughs> <laughs> too busy patting yourself on the back <laughs> well done modesty Hulk <laughs> strikes <one>. again <laughs> here I go <laughs> um but yeah it, it is like that that is natural and unnatural so it, it speeds up the friendship thing it's like it's exactly like I tell you what it's exactly like it's exactly like I'm a celebrity that's what they keep saying <laughs> they've got really really close this year because <laughs> they spend all that time together and it's yeah. it's it's showing yourself in a different way to people. It's not that it's like better or worse. It's just it's intense. I think that's totally it. Because before I did a cappella, I mean, I, I'd done choirs and stuff, but the the performing and like musical stuff that I would do just in my own time would just be me by myself, mm. either playing guitar or recording solo things, doing stuff very much in my comfort zone. But a cappella was so like fun and like silly in some aspects when you're obviously like doing shimmying on stage that you are being vulnerable with other people and that does bond you. And like the group of people that we did it with as well were like so like up for yeah. anything. It was just like a good time. If yeah, exactly. So, if everyone's yeah. not on the same page, then it's just gonna not. It's not gonna work. Like every everyone needs to be fighting for each other essentially and working together mm. and knowing what is expected of them in order to because it is it's a team game isn't it i think this is the closest mm. to sport i'm ever going to get i feel <laughs> <laughs> it is a sport <laughs> they need to make a I league mean, i guess the ICA the, the, is our league isn't it <laughs> at the end of the day as well i think the amount of sweat that covered my body at the end of our edinburgh <laughs> fringe show under those hot hot lights you could count it quite easily as exercise because that was intense it, that was a very intense week but like how did everyone else oh, find that week was it what because i guess like i don't think did anyone know that we were going to go to fringe that year i i forget whether we talked about it or whether i was just like we, let's go we spoke about it as a committee when we were first yeah elected new committee uh but i i i don't know about you imogen i thought this pipe dream i was like oh, this isn't gonna happen i was thinking it took us like years to complete um the cd rollout for groups that we no, no one in since i had been involved was really on so to get a yeah. friend show up and running within a year with a brand new committee I, nah it's not gonna happen <laughs> i think it's something we all definitely wanted to do i know george we'd had conversations um because george had a very like I don't know, not theatre centric, but you know, that's, performance yeah, that's centric my style, masters. Yeah. Um, and Charlie and Rob, obviously, like something that you guys wanted to do. And I think as part of, we'd had such a successful year that it was sort of the perfect way to end it. Yeah. And I don't think it really came to be something that we actually thought was feasible until we kind of had the fundraising opportunities that we had, because that was the big obstacle. Obviously, if there was no if there was no monetary issue and it was just a case of right everything's kind of paid for just rehearse take the show up I think we would have just done it at the drop of a hat but it mm. was that was, it's such a big obstacle for a group who hasn't taken the show up before and hasn't had like that previous revenue yeah. to sustain like another year's run so we we had to build ourselves up from scratch mm. and I think and do it that way almost. I don't know about you but for me it was the march <clears throat> which you obviously heavily involved in um that march fundraising campaign 
Mm. was a big like okay this is really happening now Mm. yeah so for those for those listening (laughs) and haven't followed our songsmith journey we did a big crowdfunding campaign to take our show to the edinburgh fringe and i i don't know about you guys but i was really not expecting it to do as well as it did i thought we'd get a few parents you know some friends might throw in a fiver but we were looking at raising three grand like that's just crazy and i think we all wanted it so much that we were thinking of such like crazy fundraising things that we could do to make it happen so we we cycled the distance from leeds to edinburgh we did a 24-hour rehearsal we'd all done all of this like balmy stuff but like one bonding exercise but two like it 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 paid for like what i don't think is an exaggeration like the best week that i've had loved it absolutely had the best time i think i think that month also was a prime example of of our dedication to acapella because you you take into account the fact that this is march and then you bear in mind the fact that probably about half of the group was in their final year of university and or doing a master's degree and in your final year of university that's about the time your dissertation is due. So it was like one of those things yeah. where we did a 24-hour rehearsal like three <laughs> weeks before some of us had to submit like the the biggest piece of work our entire uni career. And it's like, I think everyone mm. at that point was so dedicated to getting that done because it was so, and it was so much fun to do all of those fundraising things. I mean, but if that's... you'd asked us at five o'clock in the morning, at the 24-hour rehearsal, we probably would have said otherwise. When everyone was in bed, actually. Yeah. I think I was the only one still there. <laughs> but yeah, no, it is, it's that level of in- investment in what you're doing. And I think that's what comes with raising money for something. If yeah. we'd gone to a uni that just had buckets and buckets and they threw it at us, I don't think half the group would have been as invested in what they would, like the end product is what we had. Because you've put in that effort, because you've tried to make it yours I think then you are far more aware of the ownership and I think that's 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 the big that's the big gift that you get from fundraising Fundraising is Mm. frightening fundraising isn't fun when you're planning it if you're doing the activities super fun um but the the (laughs) ideas behind it I think is really really frightening um but Imogen you do that as a job so (laughs) well sort of I work in an office that does fundraising but I I think I think it's fair to say well we did we did the fundraising with the office I now work with so I kind of made that made that step but um I don't know where I'm going with this <laughs> that's where I am at now um I, I, I just like going back there I think it's it is we we realized we had something worth sharing when we when our group ended up doing so well at the ICCAs I'm like we knew that we were as good as other groups who take their show up to fringe and for all of us who were in our last year of education at that point, we're like, this is how we want to end yeah. it. So, but it's a weird one though, isn't it? Because you don't have, there's no, you don't have to be good to go to Edinburgh. There's a lot mm. of bad people that go. Like, there's no. Oh, that's the whole point God, of the festival yes. is that you don't <laughs> have to audition to go. So it is. It's so weird that you have this idea in your head of being like, oh, I'm not good enough to do that because mm. you can do anything if you just do it. I don't yeah. know. And then we sold out every show. Yeah. yeah. Which and have we said? Like we we sold out our entire run. We turned we had to turn people away on the door. Like I was not expecting that no. to happen. But I think as no. well, do well, I say I think. Do you guys think there is a degree of imposter syndrome when it is a debut show? <clears throat> and well yes. sorry, say debut show. But maybe to go a step further, it's the debut for said performer or for said group. Mm-hmm. I remember saying to George when we were flyering on the Royal Mile, like this, 
run has given me such a warped perception of how easy it is to sell out yeah. a fringe yeah. show. <laughs> I don't know how we did it, so I don't know how it... we're gonna... We are going to do it again, everyone, but I don't know how... Yeah. I, I, I wish I had a one, two, three, four, five, this is how you do it. Because mm. it I felt so simple, but then you... I think it is a step-by-step process, though, because mm. if you think, okay, I need to be high up the listings, I need to think strategically about venue as well. You mm. know, like little things that if you do this okay yeah maybe you won't sell out but you'll get extra audience yeah. members it's and just like putting being that thought in. like strategic in particular yeah. ways and just not overthinking everything but like really certainly thinking things through properly and planning properly yeah and just and sorry just, i interrupt you rob no 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 not at all because you, you that was exactly the vein i was i was thinking about is like you just have to think about who you want to come and see your show and where they're going to be like at the fringe or why they're going to be there and it's like as soon as you have that nailed down you can also put yourself in those places like you know busking on a street outside of like just around the corner from the venue where you're 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 performing like people are going to be walking past that and not necessarily walking past the front of your venue but you do it just around the corner and you'd be like oh we're literally like 100 meters up the road and like that little bit on the days where we didn't feel like we or on the days where we hadn't sold out until right before the show those that was the little bit that kicked us up towards like selling out the entire mm-hmm. run and, and helped us in the end do it and i think it's that uh, like you say charlie it's just having a lot being aware of a lot of different ways you can get into people's kind of spheres and and, and get people mm. interested in what you're doing and also back to what george had said about the ownership side of things then the group you're working with when it comes to things like, like flyering they will be more invested. They will want to reach out to more people, start mm. more conversations, etc., etc. So, you know, I guess having that input ownership, yeah, um, for the group is really important as well, isn't it? It's so easy to underestimate how important it is to just interact with people because Edinburgh's any any fringe festival has such a unique atmosphere to be like. People are just wandering around waiting for something to happen. It's not like they're like, oh no, I've got to go to the matinee performance of this. Like sometimes it is, sometimes you pre-book stuff if it's mm. people you really want to see, mm-hmm. um, like one thousand and one over Mike Night. Um, <laughs> but you have to just meander and see what happens and see what you fall across. So it is, it, it is that that level of just making yourself approachable mm. and getting yourself out there and doing things that in normal life you just wouldn't. Like if we we if we ever bust in Leeds. People threw biscuits in our little pot that we were making money with. Like, it just wasn't... People didn't want you to be there. Whereas when you're in Edinburgh, people want you to just show mm. what you're doing because it's it's not just acapella. And, like, acapella, whilst it has got bigger at Edinburgh recently, um, it is still pretty niche. And I feel like there's still new things happening and, and people are kind of, like, picking up new bits. Um, mm. But, yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's what I love most about it is that unique atmosphere of just, like, people want to hear what you've got to say or they... It's that, yeah... That's and fine. I think as well, you see such a range, just comparing the um, busking versus like flyering, because everybody else is doing it, because everyone else is starting conversations about their own shows, and they could be, you know, I don't know, 16, or they could be 60 years old, and they're putting themselves out there. I think it also gives you as the individual an extra sense of confidence. Well, if you can do it, and you're dressed up in a toga, as there was someone last year with like gold hair, then surely I'm able to sell this show, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, surely, yeah. if, even if it's just one ticket, surely I can do it. And you get that renewed confidence where, you know, maybe if you're busking and there's, you know, no one really around, people are just trying, you feel like people are just trying to get on with their shopping and blah, blah, blah. You feel like you're 
um, maybe not supposed to be there, you've got less confidence performing and obviously that's going to impact uh, the money or the biscuits in your tin. <laughs> Still precious <laughs> revenue, you know, uh, but Absolutely. <laughs> maybe yeah. not what you were going for. Yeah. I don't think any of us lost sight of how fortunate we were to have done so well in that run though. Yeah. And I think that's also because there were days where we hadn't sold out until just a few minutes before. So we were really kind of had team effort to push those past few sales by singing out people as they walked past our space venue um so it's all well to say like we did so well like we sold out our show how amazing we are but i don't think any of us like take take it for granted that that what happened with our show was really like but i think the the thing at the heart of that is like i feel like we keep saying is how much of a group it is and it is Mm. that Mm -hmm. you can't single-handedly say oh yeah this was all me because i think like the whole way up until probably about two days before we left to do the tech run, I was like, I'm just trying to get something on stage. I want people to, mm. to know what they're doing <laughs> and to be able to like not run into each other or fall over. Like that was my focus. And then when we got there, I was like, oh wait, people have to come and see it as well. That's another yeah. thing. So if you don't have this team of people around you, so it was the committee and then like obviously the whole group that were completely invested at this point and just wanted to do the best that they could. And if everyone wasn't wanting to do the best that they could, it, it wouldn't have worked. It would have fallen mm. flat. So it's just getting well, it's that, together. It's that moment where you walk into the, the venue or or even when you're just looking at booking the venue and you think about the prospect of having 90 empty seats in a room that you have to fill. Not just, not just like you just have to fill on one night. You have to fill six days in a row. And then you start crunching the numbers and you, and you realise that that's what, like 50... 660 what is that five five to six times nine i can't do math i tried to do the thing on my hand and then i realized that i forgot how to do it what is it 54 54 54, right yeah 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 so 540 (laughs) sorry guys that was a real mess of of maths there i promise i am better than this didn't do a maths degree to any employers listening i did get an a star in my gcse maths (laughs) Uh, my mental math skills oh, this is an arts are... and humanities podcast yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my math skills are actually really great um no but yeah like 540 people and and suddenly the concept of getting that many people to come and see your show becomes hugely daunting in the same way that three thousand pounds of fundraising at the start of the year was daunting yeah. but it's like uh, yeah. you then kind of throughout the whole process realize that it is just a case of like every little helps don't think about it as that bigger picture you think about it as like Mm. you sell one ticket by just speaking to somebody on the street and that's already one one seat filled and it's like then all of the parents of the people and friends and family who happen to be at the fringe or are coming up to the fringe to see your show like they take up quite a lot of the space and then it's like you know extra people who you get just on the way into the venue by doing the busking in the same way that with like the fundraising the two pounds that your cousin chipped in like that still contributes towards the goal even though it may seem like mm-hmm. a small portion of it yeah. and yeah. i think it's just taking not taking any of that for granted and saying like even if it's just going to be 50p or one ticket like that's as worth giving as much effort as a group of 10 people coming or somebody donating 300 pounds it's like yeah. each one is mm-hmm. is a goal that you can tick off Imogen, I've mm-hmm. got another question for you. Um, with compared to your kind of average a cappella performance, might be one or two songs, like a total of ten minutes. How did it feel with the Fringe show um, in twenty nineteen? You know, mm-hmm. like the kind of backstage side of things, just about to go on. Would you say it's kind of, I don't know, maybe more? I think most people get kind of anxiety 
immediately before performance did you have more of that were you more excited like how did you kind of feel going on stage the main the main difference between competition and fringe i think was like the the extent of nerves so and it, it changed over time as well so for the iccas I don't think I've ever been so nervous in my life. I was so excited. Like, it wasn't like, oh, I don't want to do it, I don't want to do it. Like, I was so excited to do it. We'd put, like, hours and hours and hours into it. Knew we had confidence in what we were doing. Like, we were so polished. I loved it. It was scary because we had obviously, there was a sense of competition and we wanted to, like, do justice to what we had done. And you only have 10 minutes to prove yourself on a stage which is so mm. condensed and you have to like be so polished and like so the best in terms of fringe i think that first show was very si- similar to that like you've you've put so much time into it so many hours you just want to prove to everyone watching that what you've done is like worth seeing and like we knew that it was great because we've spent so long doing it um <laughs> and there was still like this the scared anxiety and the sense of expectation but I think as the week progressed and we ended up getting good reviews in um the 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 scared excitement turned into more like this is excitement excitement um what we're doing is really good we're all really enjoying it we're having the best time and then by that final show it was like you know like we didn't want it to end yeah so that that scared that scaredness had completely gone Mm. And like it was still mm. all of the excitement, but like uh, looking back at the photos of that last show, the last song, I'm sobbing. Like, <laughs> I, I did at one point. There's not, there's not a dry eye, and you can hear I it did, in the recording. Which honestly would not do yeah, well, on you're an ICC you're a soulless, stage. Soulless person, <laughs> clear, No, I think I cried the day before, and I was like, "Whoops, done that, get out of my system." And then I was really so. So then. what I would say is that because we had that six day run, the 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 feelings and emotions back stage really changed from start to end um so it changed from that kind of heightened and and, like stressed expectation wanting to make everything so polished and prove yourself that i would equate to being quite similar to iccas then to the end of it Mm. we've had we've had all this time to like what's the word like understand what's happened and process it and we know that what we've done we've done a great job we've had a good week the end of it was just like more of a celebration. Obviously, I'm not gonna like yeah. cry everyone on ICCA stage in that last minute. But <laughs> in, in at Fringe, I, I think that we we I don't know we kind of allowed ourselves to get to that point because we we put yeah. at that point days and days and days of like rehearsal into it. I, I think that's the difference. Is it's it's I'm not gonna say it's not judgment because maybe you are being a bit judged, but it's that different level of judgment. Whereas ICCA's is critique and judges mm-hmm. judging mm-hmm. you and you're aware that you've got like i mean i never paid attention i don't know i don't understand the um marks but like everyone here understands like marks out of this number and that's how you get that and this is how you level up on this bit and it's so technical mm-hmm. and you really have to know your stuff whereas with fringe i think i didn't i didn't realize this until quite late then we all had to sort of like pull our socks up but you you have to put on a show you've got to entertain mm-hmm. yeah. people they're there to be entertained they don't want you to fail i mean they'll laugh if you do because who wouldn't but 
they don't, they're not there sit, sitting there waiting to like be like oh they what, what was that breathing thing that or oh, they just swapped a mic or oh, that that bit of choreo was strange like they're not going to do that they just want to have a nice time and they're on your side to get you to make them have a nice well, time well i think is a good way of thinking about it is like when you watch other groups so at a competition we would watch other groups and we'd still be very nervous about the quality of our own thing we'd be looking out we know what judges are looking for so we're looking for it as well we're still massively enjoying it thinking this is like amazing what like incredible performance but at a fringe show we're dancing along with them I remember seeing, was it Birmingham? And they were doing these amazing dance moves and we were in the front row like doing the dance moves too. And it was, <laughs> it was, it was such a nice atmosphere and you're, you're there to enjoy mm. and support and help, help boost this like little niche acapella fringe community. And yeah, it's Absolutely, about the friends yeah. we make along the way. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so they're, they're both like huge like beasts of things, but very different kettle of fish, I think. But no, very, very different. Mm. Mm. I think the added level of emotion as well was that uh, in that last show of The Fringe, for so many of us in the group, just it happened to be coincidentally that year, it would be the last time we were like performing with an a cappella group at university. And it was like, because everyone had had their graduations by that point, everything had kind of like, university had really officially finished. That was like, the last little pin in the calendar before this big like gaping expanse of nothingness or for some people a job um (laughs) (laughs) and (laughs) and it was like so for everybody we were all going off to do different things afterwards and like so many people had to get the train straight away after the show so that show really felt like it was 45 minutes of a big goodbye to this thing that had been Mm. such a big part of so many people's Mm. experience at uni sounds so lame but it's so true it's so true it was an emotional experience it was so emotional the we did like a fake end in that show and me and um, (laughs) one of the other cast members of 1001 were doing the solo uh, Lydia and we did this bow but the show wasn't actually ending and on the bow I started weeping and afterwards a few of my friends in the audience and they were like oh yeah but like that was you, the acting and stuff, wasn't it? And I was like, um, maybe. <laughs> I'm glad you think I'm such I a good know, actor as that I can cry on I cue. Just like, I just have an Oscar for that. If you didn't think that was um, an accident, then, you know, go me again. <laughs> so. Meryl Streep, eat oh, your heart man. out. Charlie's coming yeah. for your gig. Watch out. <laughs> so really, I'm just hugely looking forward oh. to next fringe where i'm actually so excited an opportunity to weep on stage again in front of hey <laughs> yes i don't i don't know like i don't know whether it's that this conversation is obviously making me feel very nostalgic so i don't know what it's like for you to listen to um i hope you feel nostalgic too even though maybe you weren't there um maybe you were uh <laughs> you were there in our hearts you were there yes um, thank you listener <laughs> thank you listener, listener um that, but that's the thing is, I feel like with this show, we're definitely not trying to replicate what we've already done. But we'd, if we hadn't have done that, we wouldn't have had the confidence to do this. Or we've learned a lot from that of, run. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, like, I don't, I don't know. This is sort of, whilst I haven't got a job, this has like influenced my career path because now I'm saying I want to be a producer, but I don't know whether I want to be a producer because I feel like anyone could just throw it together. If any recruiters are listening, she does want to be a producer. Yeah. <laughs> she really, she's, yeah, she's really good she's at it. She's so passionate about production. <laughs> Absolutely. Like no it's her life, it's all she talks about. Yeah. <laughs> but 
but no, like I, I feel like as well, we are because we're not affiliated with a university, because we're not a bunch of students, this is this is an extra step up and it has to be that we we almost so far we've had to like it is it is real because we're all everyone's in a group and we're all together, but we're not all together. So that there have yeah. been so many more challenges with this that I I feel like because we've been forced into making the decisions and doing doing all the stuff, you don't necessarily acknowledge them as challenges. Uh-huh. So I wonder, Imogen, from so me, me, Charlie, and Rob have obviously been doing this for like a majority of the year. Um, but for you, how how do you feel about this fringe idea going forward? Did did you have that same reaction of being like, I don't think that's going to happen. I think that's just a pipe dream for them. But good luck to them. Or were you? excited from the off i was excited from the off do you know what i knew that if you guys were gonna pitch a fringe show it would have been really good because you guys rob and charlie i think that you have a lot of pride in the music that you put out and you you think a lot about it you don't do anything half-heartedly and i think if you were gonna say i'm doing a show after university I think what you would have pitched would have been great. And George, you've done a whole degree on like writing publication. With you on board, I knew it was going to be good. Um, the amount of time that George told me that you'd kind of been working on it, I was like, this is like this is a show. This isn't someone's just first idea. So I was really excited about it. Um, obviously, like it was like peak pandemic point when you told me about it. So the only reason <laughs> that I thought maybe this isn't going to happen, out, I think the thing is rehearsals. Which we, yeah. we've learned a lot of lessons about since starting them. Mm. But that was the thing. I was like, I've never rehearsed an acapella thing remotely. That was the biggest hurdle in my mind. It, wasn't, it was nothing to do with the quality of the show because I knew it would be good. Um, it, was, it was more the, 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 the logistic part of it. Like, how is this yeah. going to work? But I was always excited about it. And to be honest, I was like, thank God that they're doing something because... I would not be able to bring to something like that by myself. And I had the best time at Fringe last year. Why not try again? If anything, and I said this to George as well, even if Fringe doesn't happen for whatever reason, just singing for once a week with a group of people who also enjoy this is going to get us through these horrible months. Yeah. Yeah. So like, just, yeah. just that kind of mental health aspect of it, I suppose, is like, this is going to be something I've missed from my life and like social deprivation. <laughs> um, let's, why not give it a go? Like if it turns mm. into a brilliant friend show, then that's amazing. If not, I've had a good time just like continuing this ACA journey with these people who I trust to write good music. So that's kind of where I was coming from with it. There are, I don't know about you guys. I think we should use some of that for sound bites because what an endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking as you were saying this image and I was like, I'm going to put this in my CV because I think like, you know what? Well, you should back yourselves. <laughs> I, I I, have probably, I've probably, from my ACA career, Charlie, I've probably done the most arrangements of and they're always great. I know that great. Rob is amazing as well. I've listened to your guys' stuff from the Songsmiths from before I joined. I know that like we, you, we did amazing stuff at ICCAs. It was great quality stuff. And there were always so many other ideas and avenues that I knew that you guys wanted to go down. And that's also why I'm so happy to see so many different genres of stuff mm. in the show, because you can kind of show off all of these different things that you guys can collaboratively do together. And I, I was also thinking, because you guys were talking about, oh, I wonder if you can tell if it's more than one person writing this. And I think it does <laughs> seem like quite collaborative. Um, and that's why no, that, I, 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 I really like that about the show. 
and it's uh, I think it because I almost want to use the word like patchwork it's got quite a patchwork cast coming from all different groups um from all different parts of the world with different amounts of experiences and we're doing this show in such a new way that like the the but the patchwork of music kind of really lends itself to that I think I don't know if you guys think that yeah. as well. Another great I I well, Thank you. <laughs> she, yeah. She's really rocking them off. <laughs> I, I mean, I'd like to point out, Imogen, that I we, we are also enjoying <laughs> the way yeah. you're talking about this, like from a first-person perspective, because like, and I think that's it with this show. It's like patchwork is a good way of 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 um of go, of thinking about it because like it's not. It's not that it's loads of things that don't fit together, thrown together, trying to make a show out of it. It's like pieces that have been thought out as they're like whole pieces by themselves, mm-hmm. like the script, each of the songs, like each of the scenes. Um, but they like and they do carry a different kind of signifier, each of them, whether they've been arranged by a different person, whether they're a different genre. But then when you stitch it all together, it still works as a whole piece. Yeah. But it's got all of these individual bits that when you look closer at them, they have their own kind of like hit to them. Mm. So I really like that analogy. Yeah, very, I think it's... it's very it's English lit of you. <laughs> My degree has paid Jumping off. Jumping off of your metaphor. <laughs> For this one soundbite. I think <laughs> that level of history as well, because yeah. you, you, I suppose if you think about like a, like a quilt, so it's like a nice a nice comforting thing. But if if any one of you hadn't have had the experiences that you've had, it wouldn't be... I think I've said this before, you know, I think I'm just repeating myself. Deja vu. Um, but, deja vu. Um, but yeah, no, I, th- I think it is that, I, sp- I feel especially for maybe from this podcast, you might get that the different things that have had to happen for us to be able to make the decisions that we have and like maybe the things we've mm. backtracked on. But mm. I feel like when you go and see a show at Fringe, you're like, wow, that's amazing. How did you do that? But with any kind of creative venture, you can't work from the end backwards. I mean it will always seem more daunting from that way rather than if you just start with like yeah. your little thing and then like all of a sudden things start adding to it and you're like oh wow and this sort of like spitballs into something I didn't know it could be because mm. if you you can have these ambitions but if you're like yeah, yeah it's a sure thing we're definitely gonna be able to get like xyz if we'd said a year before we'd sold out all of our shows we're gonna sell out all our shows like you'd have been like yeah. no it's a hundred and then if you had that, that managing expectation if, so, yeah, yeah. What, oh, Charlie's cool. I am that. a big fan. Charlie, you, ta- you, you, you tell us our managing expectations. If you need, tactics. if you need, if you need expect, if you have expectations <laughs> and you need them to be managed, if they're a bit out of control, <laughs> call Charlie. She's the one. I, I just she'll get them. She'll get them whipped into shape. Just because how if you think okay, yeah, this is what I want to achieve. Great, I want to take a show up. The achievement is a huge achievement to take a show up. That's amazing anyone should be proud to be able to take a show up to Edinburgh regardless of whether you've got one person in the audience or 2000 but like so for me it's like see that as the achievement and then if it sells out for one night amazing ours yeah, it sold out for six nights Woo, party um so days, I think if you can if you can take that into as many different aspects of your life as possible to me at least you'll be overall happier because then when you when there are things that are super successful then it's like oh my goodness wow as opposed to oh okay this this is kind of what i've seen and you know i'm not i won't name names but i've seen in the past when people have or groups acapella groups have done amazing work at competitions and they have been upset because 
they didn't do as well as they hoped to do. And it's like for the other, what, I guess, uh, depending on your venue size, thousands of people in the room think you did an amazing job. And so for them, for them to see people be sad about that, I, I think that's a real shame. So if you can then manage that expectation, just to be on the stage in the first place as a competition is amazing. And especially now at the moment with um, ICCAs, you know, just looking at competition um, kind of as well as fringe, it, the, the standards are going higher and higher and higher over the last five years. Mm -hmm. So if you're at the UK quarterfinal, that's an amazing achievement in itself. So yay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's that every group who who has gotten Go there, and who's, who all of those groups, whether you place or not, you've been raising the standard for everybody else. So, yay! Go you. Yeah. Mm. Sorry. If you think back, <laughs> if you think back to the acapella world that we entered in, what was it, two thousand fifteen? Like so old. it feels it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it the the competition, not even just the competition, but the acapella standard that was being produced online as well, like. You know the stuff that you see people just throwing videos out on the internet and they're like these hugely polished like really well produced things and it's like the whole i think because it's such a niche quite a small community of people across the uk it's like it, it everyone bolsters each other up mm. and it's like year in year out you see people taking things from other groups that they've seen and, and doing and trying out all of this new stuff and i think it's so exciting because as you say like in that space of five years people have come such a yeah. long way people have done so much with with their creativity and it's like all you have at the end of the day are a group of people and then when you get to competition you have microphones and the stuff that people are now doing with those two ingredients yeah. is like is just is insane absolutely it's, it's really crazy and for anyone who might be like just i don't know this is very niche anyway obviously the niche podcast but if you <laughs> are like at uni and you're thinking about joining an acapella group or thinking about auditioning or whatever like do it, do it. Do it. But also do it. Don't <laughs> if it's a super competitive group you might still be a fantastic fantastic singer but they just simply they might not have space or like make sure to join try and join another choir or like a different genre like make sure you're still involved in something if you can um but things are competitive and it's it's not necessarily you it can be that there just might not be space for that particular voice type and all that kind of thing. Yeah. So again, managing your own expectations, like there are always look for alternatives rather than just saying, okay, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna quit because I'm sure, okay, I don't know hundred percent, but like we've all presumably auditioned for enough things in the past that mm. no, no one gets every single role that they go for in life. Like if, for example, in theatre, um, but keep grinding, keep grafting, because just being a part of thinking, like uh, part of something, like well-being wise, it's so it's so good, and you meet so mm. many new people. And creativity wise, you're kind of spurred on as well by all these different influences you get left, right, and center. Um, mm. I sorry, this is a bit of a spiel, isn't it? I've got to stop. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, I if anyone wants a if anyone wants a fun closing anecdote on the on the note of why you should manage your expectations, I when I was back at school in secondary school, I once auditioned for the school production of uh, I think it was Alice in Wonderland we were doing, and um, and yeah, I auditioned. I was I was doing I think A level music at this point in time. I was doing my grade eight musical theatre singing exam, so I was like, yeah, 
you know what, like, I'm hoping, like, I think I'm going to get, like, one of the main singing parts in this, in this show. Alice. And so I go into my audition, like, <laughs> like, I'm yeah. against all these, like, year eight, year seven kids. They don't know what they're doing. Like, I'm, like, 17. I'm going to be great. I'm going to be amazing. Went into the audition, sang for them, you know, did all this acting. I was like, I, I am Patty Lapone. I was like, I am there at the Tonys accepting my award already. <laughs> Um, then obviously waited for the cast list to be published two weeks later, came up to the cast list like, yeah, you know, I'll get like maybe the, the second main character. Um, cause obviously I was trying to be humble. <laughs> obviously I didn't even get a singing part. I got given a speech only part that sang with the ensemble because never for a second had I considered that I just wasn't that good. <laughs> and I really had just chosen the wrong song for the audition. I actually, my technique wasn't really that great with the singing. Like, looking back on it now, I must have gone in this... Like, I was not a modest child either, so I <laughs> will have fully gone in completely pig-headedly. Like, I am the bee's knees. <laughs> and it's that whole thing of, like, then I got literally kicked in the face with this result because, you know, I and, and you could tell immediately, I was like, you know what, actually, I have been put in the right role. But the, th- the worst thing was that then the next week, I went into, um, I went into my music class I said to my music teacher, I was like, it's really weird. Because um, with the audition panel, like, they've just decided not to give me a singing part. And I'm like, maybe it's because, like, they, they just thought that, like, you know, this part's got a lot of speaking and they need somebody with experience. And then the music teacher I'd told this to turned around and said, yeah, I was on that auditioning panel. Like, I, I just wasn't there for your audition and they recorded the whole thing for me. And they were like, and I, I suddenly, oh, it, just, it became this whole mess where, like, I'd gone around school being like, I should have got a singing part. And to this day, I haven't lived it down, as you well, can tell. Rob, this was maybe okay. seven years ago now. You've moved on to bigger and better things. But I feel like what we've learned is you need to be humble, yet also back yourself. You need to be yeah. realistic, but also very optimistic at the same time. You need to be uh, a team worker, but also a good individual. You need to be a good performer, but then also <laughs> you need a to good... You be the best at everything, basically. Yeah, but don't that, stay that's to the anyone. Thing the key well. takeaway from this podcast, though... <laughs> <laughs> Believe in yourself, measuredly. (laughs) (laughs) I am just wondering if um, a thousand and one open mic nights is just one big ploy so that Rob can come out in an Alice in Wonderland costume and fulfil his dream. (laughs) Yeah, I will be Alice. I I will be one day. Don't tell anyone, but just on the day, you you rock up with Cheshire Cat and Toe. I would also like to say, if anyone who was in that cast is listening to this, uh, I, I know you probably won't be, but dear you, listener... You guys were all fab. Everyone was a lot better than I would have been. So, you know, they chose well. Anyway, (laughs) on that humble and heartwarming note, shall we do some obsessions? Yeah, woo! Yeah. Yay, obsessions. It's time for obsessions. I feel like I'm going to do that every week now until it becomes like an actual jingle. Although we already have several jingles. I don't know why. Well, I think this is a thing we need. Anyway, Imogen, as our honoured guest of the week, would you like to start with your obsession? Go on, then. Um, My obsession for the past couple of weeks has been rediscovering my... um, I don't want to say adult, because that Mm. gives the wrong impression... But like my grown up colouring uh, book. Do you know there have been some lewd things done in the past before? And I thought this was heading in the same yeah, direction. Yeah, to be fair, like, X rated colouring book. <laughs> it's not X rated, it's just. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have um, brought up my concerns. 
this has gone on such a turn. I'm gonna have to put. I'm gonna honestly. I'm gonna have to put an explicit rating. I think on these podcasts now because I realised that when I first uploaded them, I was like, "There's gonna be nothing it's lewd on this." Rob, it's always now Rob. week six. But it's all you, Rob. You you bring the tone sorry, down. Yeah. Sorry. I'll censor what, myself. What genre of kind of? What are you? Is it flowers? Could it be? I don't know. It's animals, Charlie. Ooh. It's the animals oh. of the forest. I'm currently doing a fox. Very nice. Um, is he photorealistic? No, it's Are you not. doing it as you, you would? You're you oh. going to put it on the 1001 Nights Instagram. <laughs> 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 For those who have listened this oh, far and would like to see my adult x-rated colouring. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> So oh, it's, I'll also like to know that Rob has lowered the tone of this podcast in two areas now. <laughs> right, okay, we can with the cheese. <laughs> and now um, with the erotica. What? Is it well, but no. Is it pencil? Yeah, I'm like, oh, no. tell, me, tell me all of the details. Hold Give on, us I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and grab it. I'll just be away okay. for five seconds. That's fine. Here it is. It's the Animal Kingdom <gasps> colouring book. So I'll show you my fox. I appreciate this. This is not valuable for anyone listening. This is how far I've got. Just everyone knows it's it's beautiful. Wow! Thank you very much. I think I might have that. You know, there is an owl in it, Charlie. But yeah, that's my current obsession, and I tell you for why. It's actually been very calming before bed to not look at. I'm trying not to look at my phone essentially before I sleep, and this is a nice way to get my eyes tired and just unwind. So that's my Good. obsession. No, nice. very nice. Wholesome. Quite wholesome. And yeah. for the listeners who can't who can't see the book, it is Imogen has done a very good job of colouring in in a very like multicoloured fashion, a very intricate drawing of a fox. I stayed in the lines. And the book itself is very aesthetic. Thank you. <laughs> what about you guys? What are George, your obsessions? George, do you want to go? No, I'm going to go last. Oh, oh, thank you. <laughs> so, um, mine would be. <laughs> Uh, mine has got to be Jacob Collier, unsurprising, but Count the People, specifically oh, yes. off um, his most recent album, which is the third in the four-part multi-album. It's the third album. Grammy-nominated album, let's also just point out. Yes. Yay. Congratulations. Well done, Jacob. We love you. Of course. Um, and it's, it's chaotic energy, which we love, let's be honest. But it's it's so intricate and it's that, you know, I've spoken about in the first couple of episodes, the feeling of the music and it brings me so much joy. It would recommend and especially there's this little kind of like banjo-y bit um, towards the end and it goes through like it runs through every genre you could imagine. Mm. That was uh, an exaggeration, um, <laughs> but it might as well. And there's a little banjo bit and it makes me smile every time. So, yeah. It just comes out of nowhere, doesn't it? Like, it yeah. takes you by surprise every time it happens, but you're like, it's not a bad surprise. It's a very pleasant surprise. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's a good one. Oh, Jacob Collier, what a, honestly, just... Oh. What a legend. Yeah, and he seems like such a nice person as well, which I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, just so you know, we haven't, none of us met him, as far as I'm aware, at least. <laughs> so this is just... I don't our idea of him from what you can also find online but Rob what is your obsession this week my obsession is also actually music related we're very on topic this this week um mine is it's gonna (laughs) it's probably gonna sound again a little bit lame but cassette tapes like I have a new found I don't know where it came from I don't know what it was that inspired me no you know what it was that inspired me Okay, everyone, everyone who knows me, or most people who knows know me, know that I am a bit obsessed with Conan Gray. 
I just I mm. just fancy him a lot. Think his music's really good. He has a fun aesthetic. Um, yeah, it's all a good time. And he released a new yesterday. He has a song called Heather, which is probably his most famous song so far. And some of the lyrics in the first verse are third of December. And so third of December is obviously, you know, International Heather Day. And he released a load of new merch. And scrolling through this merch, I noticed he had a cassette tape of his album, Kid Crow. And I thought, what a great nostalgic vibe that would be to listen to Kid Crow on a cassette player. Just, you know, wherever I am. And so I'm going up into the loft this afternoon to see if I can find any other cassette tapes that we've got up there. Do you have a cassette player? My dad says he... Well, my dad says he's got, like, a big stereo cassette player upstairs. I am also admittedly going to Argos later this afternoon to pick up a personal, a personal like, more portable one. I just realised Because I, I have, of course... Well, there you go, oh, you, you see. Oh, you can join in. Send me one too, have a listen. <laughs> and I just think there's something so tactile about cassette players as well, because you know they have the buttons where you press them down and they stay down. And I'm like, I miss that. I miss the whole experience Yeah, I, of... like, I like tangible mm. things. Yeah. And it's this yeah. whole thing of like the the, re- the revival of vinyl and stuff comes under this whole like umbrella of, of being a bit retro with your music stuff. And so I'm looking forward to building my cassette tape collection You'll be all pleased Very to hear. Nice. It's a fort around you. Yeah. And you'll be encased by exactly. Cone Gray. So, George, <laughs> because you wanted to go last, I'm now hyper-intrigued so, by your well, obsession. Well, the thing is, is you might have to edit this bit out, Rob. Can you just make me the host? Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Classic, classic Zoom. Classic Zoom activities, having to shift hosts and try and press all of the buttons. Even after nine months, it's still a challenge. Okay, am I doing it? Yes, you're sharing sound. Okay, so we have been... This is now cut to me. I cut again. George's obsession is here. George's obsession. Ready to go. It's right. Technical issue resolved. So this this hour, I feel like, has been very nostalgic in the best way. Um, And my obsession of the week is something that I... So I go to bed at 10 o'clock, but recently I haven't been going to bed at 10 o'clock. I'm going to bed at, like, midnight, which is so... It's so, so late. And this morning, obviously, I woke up... Wild child. Yeah, no, I know. I'm I'm wild. This morning, I woke up at 6 because it it snowed, Mm. so I had to be a child this morning. So it was was just a bit overwhelming. But anyway, I stayed up late last night because I discovered something on a 2017 WhatsApp message that I have now (laughs) compiled into one track, and this is it. This is the 2018 Cosmos ICCA quarterfinal performance at the Sheldonian Theatre. This is a live recording, so it might not be it might not be the best thing ever, but this is just a recording that I found and I've spliced it together. But this is Imogen in her element being the soloist of our dreams. This is this is living proof of how it wasn't a, a question as to whether she would be in the group from her audition at the beginning of the year because she's sensational. Yes. So I just thought this would be nice. I mean, I don't know how, how long ago Imogen's listened to this, but I thought this would be a nice thing for Imogen to listen to and also a nice thing for listener to listen to so you can actually hear some singing. Because I feel like we could be awful, couldn't we? They, they could have spent... You wouldn't know. <laughs> you you have no idea of our quality. <laughs> we could be literally tone deaf. Um, but here's a little bit. This is um, Imogen featuring Charlie and George with others. <laughs> and here it is.
that since we did it oh well that's the thing is we never exactly we never had a proper recording and i found this over two videos and they were like split in mm. the middle so i've like spliced it together i don't think you can really tell where i did it but i definitely did it not quite right there was there's like a beat missing no not at bars. all um but Aww. i just thought that would be a nice thing to do and i put some album artwork on it and that'll be something for you to take home with you today, <laughs> today imogen not that we're in the same place <laughs> Oh, so it's like it's like Bake Off Extra Slice. We send you home with a with a cake version of yourself, except for it's a recording oh, of you singing. Thank you, George. That's so nice. I've not listened to that since no, you did neither. it. And we should also say arranged by Lizzie Sims, and she won an award for that. Yes, we last week we spoke yeah. about it last week. Yeah, well, there you go. So for anyone, any any very keen listeners. Yeah, you will remember that Lizzie spoke about Hounds of Love, um, her arrangement of it, and, and that's what you've just listened to. No, that's oh, nice. Thank you, George. We'll, we'll ignore the vocal crack on one of those notes. It's passion. <laughs> that's what it is. It's live. It's raw. Yeah, it's real. honestly, I, I got chills because I, I love that song, and you and Lizzie's arrangement of it was beautiful, and you just absolutely oh, smashed it. Guys. That just oh yeah. so good. That's one so of my takeaways is like best acapella moments. So thank you. <laughs> We've yeah. all relived it together today. <laughs> and if I can be so humble, nice. honorary best soloist at Voice Fest UK. Well, she alleged that the accolades <laughs> don't yeah. end. And on that note, that we're gonna have to go stop. because her head won't fit his jaw or it will be too <laughs> big for the Zoom screen. Yeah. <laughs> we need to go and do some deflating of all of our egos at this point. But it's oh. it's all right because my my yeah, my, my school already did that for me. Anyway. Um. <laughs> thank you for thank, thank you so much thank for, you for having coming on. It's been a pleasure. It's been a really nice a nice throwback to some, to some good times gone by. Yeah, we love yeah. it. Best hits. So join us join us again for another episode next week where who knows Maybe. what we're gonna be talking about and who we'll be talking about with, but hopefully it'll be as good as this one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks again for listening, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye guys. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. We really appreciate all the support and kind words we've been receiving online. Our Patreon page is now live, so if you're looking for even more behind-the-scenes exclusive content, you can find us by searching 1001 Open Mic Nights. If you've got any questions about the podcast or any aspects of the show, email us at 1001openmicnights at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram where we're 1001OMN. Thanks for listening. Da 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 da